podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone. Ole Young, Chris Tebbutt here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Obviously, this week, analysis from another week of games has taken a back seat to the very concerning and sad situation that took place on Monday Night Football, in which Bills defensive back Damar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest after tackling Cincinnati Bengals receiver T. Higgins. Since this has happened, thankfully, there have been reports of gradual improvements um, but obviously, it's still a very serious situation and uh, we all very much have our fingers crossed for Damar Hamlin, of course. Now, Tebs, I am fortunate enough to have never had to witness anything so traumatising firsthand. Um, of course, when this situation happened, the first thing that came to my mind was um, the scary situation with Christian Eriksen at the Euros two years ago. Um in kind of similar contrast, there's also the situation with Phil Hughes uh, in the cricket where he tragically died. And I suppose it is just a reminder that these things do happen and uh, it, it is just incredibly sad. But obviously, um, in the case of Damar Hamlin here, there is uh, there is still hope and we're, we're obviously hoping that he pulls through. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one to watch. No, I completely agree with you on the um, Ericsson front. That's the first thing that I thought of when um, the reports started coming out about what exactly had happened. Obviously, you see the Bills players on the sideline, you know, crying, forming prayer circles. Completely understandable. Um, it's one of the things like this just don't tend to... Um, it's always surprising when things like this happen in major sports. But again, it does happen. Obviously, there's gradual improvements um, that are coming out for Hamlin. Uh you know, he was like fully needing a um, ventilator. Now it's, I believe, fifty percent. Don't don't quote me on that. I believe that's the case. But one thing that um, that does come out of this is just how how just how well the football world uh, unites in times of strife. As Demar Hamlin, much um, the same as other NFL stars, do they have their own charity? And Demar Hamlin's focuses on giving um, toys to um, children, and his GoFundMe page has blown up since the incident has happened, with I believe currently six point five million dollars on something like a, a five thousand dollar goal. Um, yeah, it's that's what that, that's the sort of thing that I'm taking over. Just how positive the football world can be when. Um, times of trouble do happen um yeah well it's it, it yeah i mean that's such a heartwarming heartwarming story and i mean it's not even the first time that this has happened obviously in in very different circumstances but back in 2018 bills fans donated to andy dalton's foundation which provides support and resources to families with ill and physically challenged children so and i believe there's other scenarios where it's happened as well so i guess one of the benefits of uh, you know, when something happened in such a high-profile manner, 
um, it does allow like the human race to show such like rays of positivity and and uh, and really come out in support or in such challenging situations. So yeah, obviously, of course, that's been really nice to see that. Um, but of, on the other side of it as well, I mean, it was if you're looking at the game, it was the the fact that the NFL had the players out there warming up to come on and play. It, they I they gave them a five minute warm up notice to come out and play. And if you just you look at the some of the the screenshots from that like the the whole scenario you there's pictures of uh joe burrow and josh allen they look like they're gaunt they they look like they have well they have seen things that nobody should see especially when you consider for a lot of them that's their brother that's that's one of their teammates and one of their family really and to watch that happen for nine minutes and then be told that you've got five minutes to warm up and go out there and play um we've talking we've spoken about player welfare quite a lot on this podcast i think that unfortunately that was another example where not a good look for the NFL and um, thankfully the coaches came in and intervened and didn't have the game continue but could you could you imagine having to witness that and then go out and play just 10 minutes later as if nothing had happened it, it was um, I'm glad they did intervene in the end well again to sort of go back to the point of um, Christian Eriksen um, like the game that game was played at a later date as well no uh yeah uh that's a good point um um i believe yeah producer cash is on it so we'll confirm that um but yeah carry on tebs and we'll we'll come in with Te- cash's confirmation when it comes well if you have to look at the um christian erickson situation again where mm-hmm. you know very sort of similar um instances occurred mm-hmm. a player having um uh i believe a cardiac arrest as well on the on, yeah. on the pitch um and then obviously you don't who would want to play after something like that um yeah it's 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 another thing of the nfl um very much showing that there is a differentiation between players and um those in the nfl's higher up yeah no you're right i mean the it, the nfl players association and the coaches you know came in to save the day really uh, of producer Cash has now confirmed that with the Ericsson, with that game, uh, with Denmark, the game eventually resumed after a delay of 90 minutes. Um, however, if I actually think back, and again, don't quote me on this, but I do get, I seem to remember that there were actually pictures of Ericsson sat upright on a, um, on a, like a, an ambulance probably being removed, well, taken out of the, so obviously he, I think there's slightly different situations and, you know, a, a, a traumatic, um, but the fact that those players got to see that their teammate was, uh, I think, you know, conscious and sitting up and, and actually left the stadium conscious. It was, was a massive change. So, yeah, I think it's a, a no-brainer that it didn't go ahead. And uh, it's worth noting that the NFL confirmed that it will not, the game will not take place this week. Um, but, I mean, still, like, you think for the, the Buffalo Bills players and the Bungles to a certain degree, but the Buffalo Bills, they... You know they've got to, they went through a, a walkthrough practice today. They've got a they've they've got an important game to play this week. You just you you feel so sim- sympathy to them where they've got so much going on, but they have to continue with their professional life if you like. Um, and what they're dealing with must be incredibly difficult at the moment. And for the Bengals players, T Higgins who actually um, hit Hamlin, uh, you know obviously thought go out to him because this would be a very very tough time. Um, 
but yeah, look, it's a really, really troubling situation. Um, it's it's a fluid situation. It's a live situation. We're still waiting to hear, uh, obviously, good news, hopefully coming in uh, any, any moment, really. So um, we just cross our fingers and, and we hope that comes in. Um, but yeah, obviously, this is a slightly different week this week because we don't feel it's quite right to to sit here and and vent about issues going on around the league uh when there is one story that matters and, and not really any others um but we are going to just touch on a few of the more positive things that came out of last week um so that we are still just having a quick look around the league as well um just in a slightly different format this week obviously in respect to the situation that has gone on um before we crack on Worth noting, we we have also been running a competition. Again, for reasons that we've just discussed, we're going to delay uh, d- delay the kind of conclusion of that competition to next week. Uh, we'll announce it on the podcast uh, and in our Facebook group next week. So look out for that one uh, if you're waiting to hear if you've won a cap. Uh, right, some positive. Let's let's uh, let's look at some positive news uh, from last week then, and uh, we're going to just pick up three three stories to look at so green bay right their season has turned around in dramatic fashion now they were a team that everyone thought was a joke uh and now it's looking like they have a chance to scrape through to the playoff uh and be frankly a team that no one wants to play um they have gone from four and eight to looking like a looking like looking like a shoe-in for the playoffs tevs did you see them (laughs) reaching this this uh conclusion to the season well, here's the thing. I know we're trying to be positive and and everything, but you know it's it's the whole thing of no matter how good Green Bay are, you just can't get anywhere past the NFC Championship game, and I don't expect it to be any different. Um, They've got a bit of a track record of uh, not making it past a certain team in red and gold yes. as well. I think with Aaron Rodgers having lost four games to the Forty Nineers in the playoffs, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where it's staying wrong. It's nice to see that, um, you know, what very well could be Aaron Rodgers' last season, either last season in Green Bay or last season in general, go down as a catastrophic failure. I don't, I don't feel as though that um, this is going to end up in a Lombardi Trophy for Green Bay. Um, you know, if it's up to me, I'd much prefer to see the Lions make the playoffs just because that story's you know a bit more um heartwarming a bit more you know look at the struggle but um yeah i'm you know good on realistically like it's not so much about just how well aaron Rodgers has managed to turn the team around it's more based on christian watson becoming the target that um aaron Rodgers needed um oh yeah the same with obviously aaron jones at um running back you know, it's because yeah. obviously there was there was like a running joke all the way throughout the off uh, throughout the season so far that the 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 Packers needed Devonte Adams. They needed a big wide receiver like Devonte Adams, and it looks like they might be okay now with Christian Watson. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like the the Packers have the Packers are a good team. They coached well, um, but I think their playoff. You know, it's going to be nice to make the playoffs just because I think this very well could be Aaron Rodgers' final um, final time in the uh, in Green Bay. Very much the same way that sort of Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers made the playoffs last year. 
you know, everyone already said their goodbyes to Roethlisberger, and then, oh, no, sorry, wait, we've got to uh, make the playoffs now. Uh, we, we've got to play one more game. You know, I think it's where it's going to be one of those um, scenarios where um, I think Aaron Rodgers will say his, his goodbyes, and then, oh, I hope that we've got a playoff game. It's, it, for me, it really is one of those things where it really doesn't feel like it's uh, week 18. It really doesn't feel like it's week 18. Like, it doesn't feel like there's um, only a few more weeks of football left. It feels like we should have about another two months of football, but um, no, that's well, the way the cookie crumbles. As much as it feels like that, we are on the precipice of the playoffs. So now, for me, as a 49er fan and for producer Cash um, uh, in, the, uh, in the background there, uh, as 49er fans, we have got either to we've got to face either Green Bay it was the most likely scenario is either Green Bay Detroit Lions or the Seattle Seahawks I think the most likely scenario is that we play Green Bay because if Green Bay win we play Green Bay which of those teams would you <clears throat> least like to face is it the surging Packers with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason or Detroit Lions who have obviously one of the best storylines of the year or Seattle Seahawks who seem to be limping there but Obviously, I haven't. They've had a lot of success. Gen- genuinely, I wouldn't want to face um, a playoff-bound Detroit Lions. I, th- I think a, I think a playoff Detroit Lions would be a very because, like you know, they're, they're not going to let the situation sort of um, get by them. They're going to understand that this doesn't happen very much for the city of Detroit. Um, and they're going to basically throw. They're going to be biting kneecaps, much like um, Dan Campbell <laughs> said at the very start of his tenure as head coach for the Lions. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to face Detroit. You know, Green Bay's Green Bay. I um, I don't think Green Bay are particularly scary. Um, I think the Seahawks may surprise people, but out of everyone, I think Detroit's going to go hell for leather if they, if they make the playoffs. Well, I mean, it's it's we talk about again, we talk about coaching a lot, and you just have to see a Dan Campbell press conference to know that he is someone that will his players will, you know, run for a wall for if we want to get the cliches out. Um, he's going to do, they're going to, he's going to have his team <clears throat> ready uh, for that game if it, if it comes for them. Um, and as much as I want the 49ers to prim, uh, move on as far as possible, if we had to lose to anyone and it meant that the Detroit Lions continued their amazing season and Dan Campbell got a playoff win, you know, that wouldn't hurt as much as losing, losing to Aaron Rodgers uh, or the Seahawks. So, yeah, uh, I think that it's... We, we're in for an interesting week uh, to see how that goes. But, yeah. Uh, on the topic of the Seahawks, Geno Smith had a bit of a uh, turn in fortunes again this week. Uh, it's been a couple of low weeks for the Seahawks. Um, but it appears, maybe, Tebs, the Comeback Player of the Year award is back on track. Yeah, like this was very much built out of me um, just having a quick jaunt through the comeback player of the year odds and seeing that Geno Smith's, you know what, the, the odds are pretty good for that. Um, I don't see how it goes for anyone else, to be completely honest. Um, I don't see how Geno Smith doesn't win that. You know, people had completely written off, you know, what sort of what he said, like people had written off for several Seahawks, but as Geno Smith said, he didn't write back. Do you know what I'm saying? It's. It's one of those things where no one had Geno Smith doing some of the things that he'd done. They had the Seahawks fumbling it. You know, Pete Carroll would be on his arse. You know, when all you can really say is 
the Seattle Seahawks have had an incredible season. And given just how poor the Denver Broncos have been, um, this is just nothing short of spectacular for Seattle to the point where that they're going to be a very dangerous team come next season. You know, so it's all in all, it's very good for the Seahawks. And Geno Smith has been a key element of them. Yeah, and it could have gone better. It couldn't have gone much better. No, not 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 at all. Like like Smith is proving that, you know, maybe Seattle don't have to go and get a young QB straight off. They very well could do this year. There's a lot of them in the draft pool, but it's not like a huge concern for them. You know, God knows what's going to happen to Drew Locke, but Drew Locke's been dreadful since he started. So, you know, I think it's I just it's just amazing to see another. Another player. It reminds me a lot of um, Roy Tannehill's tenure with the Titans. Went over there, traded from the Dolphins. And, you know, we the Dolphins had to chew up a bit of cap space just to get rid of him. And then Tannehill goes and takes them to um, the AFC Championship game. It's like what? Like it's that sort of it's that sort of level. Like if the Seahawks make the playoffs and the whole thing's wrapped up and it's Geno Smiths. Um. But then on the other side of the coin, um, the person who's the other betting favourite is Saquon Barkley. Obviously coming off two ACL, uh, coming off an ACL injury, not two ACL injuries. Um, well, funnily enough, there's another one now. His joint favourite is now Christian McCaffrey. No, I don't think so. Which funnily, which is which is interesting because McCaffrey somehow was a snub from the Pro Bowl, despite leading all NFC running backs. Oh mate, don't in many of the stats. Mate, statistical. Don't fuck. Uh, also, Tua was um, the most popular vote. He's not even an alternate. Yeah. You know. You know. So I don't. Popularity content. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, I just think it'd be really funny to watch like Tua and all that play a game of flag football as grown adults. I think that'd be really funny. Um, that's that's why I want to see it. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's like I didn't have a lot of doubt that Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey would do well this year. You know, the other, the, on the other hand, I very much doubted that Gino Smith would be <laughs> good this year. And the fact that he has been, as far as I'm concerned, is enough, you know, if I was voting for it, if I was a decided vote, it'd go to Gino Smith. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you think about it, quarterbacks, they get the, they get the, um, they get the preference in awards like this, don't they? Like the, um, if there's two players that perform well and one of them's a quarterback, the quarterback just so happens to win. Um, and frankly, I don't think anyone has had a story like Gino uh, in terms, especially when you compare to Saquon Barkley and CMC. Obviously, what they've done is they've come back from injuries, which is very impressive. But players do that a lot. Gino Smith was a laughing stock. He'd been written off for years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Trying to be backup. And for him to come back and perform the way he has and make the Pro Bowl, the fact that he made the Pro Bowl is why I think it's a lock. And this this podcast does not give financial advice. But you've got a quarterback that won the Pro Bowl and is the favourite for uh, Comeback Player of the Year. And the odds are, uh, on decimal odds, 2.5. So you, time, you double and a half your money. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. Better responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly, guys. We don't know anything about that, but um, 
<laughs> based on this weekend. Based on this weekend, we know we don't know anything about that. <laughs> and moving swiftly on. <laughs> yeah, good luck to Gino Smith. I think it's a fantastic story. One I'm looking forward to seeing how it finishes up. It's a shame it's on the Seahawks, but I'll get I'll let him off. Um, right, another one of the more interesting storylines for 2022, uh, for this season, is whether Tomlin was finally going to have a losing season. Now, this record, I knew that he had a record for winning seasons in a row. Or I knew it was an impressive, he was on an impressive streak. I didn't realise it was 15 seasons. That is astonishing. That, like, that, I, I even, despite looking this up again, I still think it's fake. That's 15 seasons. Like, if you think about, if you think about, like, um, t- some of the poorer franchises in the league, and, uh, yeah, and to Chris, producer Cash has just put it that 15 exclamation mark question mark. It's, it's that surprising. If you think about some of the poorer franchises in the league and how difficult it is to, to get a winning season, that is amazing. And obviously some, some um, praise has to go to the ownership and to the GM as well. But that's amazing. Tebs, could, like, could, did you realise it was 15? I've got to ask. Well, I knew it was a big number, but I believe he's never had a losing season. It's one of the, it's something like that. Um, you know, for my taste, speaking with Steelers fans, they thought this is going to be the year. And they were so, and they're such a downbeat group of people. They're like, you know what's going to happen? We're going to try and get rid of him after this season off because he had one losing season. It's now the end of Tomlin. I don't know how he's done it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Three weeks ago, to your point about these Steelers fans, you thought this was the year. This was the year it was finally going to happen. Um, they were two and six after nine weeks. Sorry, forget about what I said about three weeks ago. Mike Tomlin's score was two and six after nine weeks. So I've taken this from the NFL.com website. According to NFL.com, they were two and six after nine weeks. Um, but now heading into their regular season finale against the Browns of all teams, they have a chance to hold on to the history books and make the playoffs. I mean, it's just such an incredible turnaround. And even three weeks ago, people thought there was no chance, but they've now won three in a row against the Ravens, Panthers and Raiders. They sit at eight and eight with a genuine chance now of continuing Tomlin's streak. Against Cleveland, Tebs, do they do it? Um, I think given what's on the line, uh, I think they do. Um, yeah, it's like the, the players are going to be fully aware of that streak. And I think when Belichick finally hangs up the clipboard and you have to look around and say, who's going to be the, who's the, you know, next greatest coach of all time, it's going to be very difficult to not put Tomlin's name there. You know, it really isn't like difficult to say that Mark Tomlin is one of the best head coaches potentially ever. Um, Obviously, obviously, he doesn't have sort of the same Super Bowl record as um, Belichick, but still, the stats are the stats are fantastic. Um, for for my taste, it really is just amazing. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the Steelers are going to do it because you know you look at sort of the funny stuff that's happened with them with Tomlin this year, like Tomlin buying everyone black Air Force Ones as a joke. You know, they love that they love their head coach, and they're not going to. They're not going to play easy just because this potentially might be the last time they play this season. No, they're going to want to play for their coach and they're going to want to keep that record intact um, for Tomlin. Yeah, mate, I completely agree. I, I'll be looking forward to that game. Um, 
yeah, obviously Watson had a better game this week, uh, but it, he still looks fragile. And and Pittsburgh, you just know that they have they know that team well, and I I, I think they might cause them some trouble. Um, so yeah, we love watching that one keenly this weekend because there are quite a lot of games this weekend that are a bit weird because there are teams that don't have anything to play for. Uh, there's teams that are going to be resting starters, but then there are the odd game. Uh, there are a few games that are crucially important. And on the topic of crucially important games, it's time to talk about our locks. Now this week, come on in, producer Cash. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Hello. Evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? I, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've been with the show. I was going to say, very well done today, gentlemen. It's been a, been a weird old week in the old NFL. Um, so uh, I think you've you've both done a great job in in navigating it. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, speaking from the heart, it felt like real truth. Yeah, well, it, you're right. It has been a it it, it has been a weird week. It, it just has. Um, everything seems to have taken a back seat, and rightfully so. But we can still talk about our locks. Absolutely. Now. And I, I, to be honest with you, Ollie, I'm not sure if you do want to talk about your locks because last week, uh, you picked the Jets, which was a woeful move. When you consider that Tebs, it was a lock off. It was a uh, a lock off, and luckily it wasn't quite a shit off. But um, yeah, <laughs> what's close to being a shit off? <laughs> yeah, Tebs <laughs> picked the Seahawks, and then Dan also picked the Washington Commanders. Oh, boy, so I'm that means Chris, huh? I'm so sorry to cut in. We have not even told the listeners or explained why Dan's not here. Dan, we're very so- Dan, sorry, but mate, we forgot to mention you until this far. Dan is a bit under the weather this week, so he's not here. Very sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just I thought just... you were going to say, I've p- forgotten to put his record for a second there. I was like, no, luckily we have producer Cash in tonight. And uh, the locks for this week, gentlemen. Oliver has learned from his past mistakes. And he is going to be picking the Seahawks, and and then Tebs has picked the Bucks, and then Dan has picked the Jaguars. But what is most interesting is we are entering the last week with everybody on four and two, so I don't know what's going to happen during playoffs. I assume we're still do picks, but this could be a momentous week, massive week. I, I, Chris, you say that I um, I wish you wouldn't want to talk about locks because I lost, and obviously I lost to Tebs. So in theory. That would be awkward for me, and that would be difficult to re. But for me, I'm delighted that we've uh, we created parity. Well, it's amazing. We're all four and twenty. Well, I couldn't have lost for a better week. I would have been devastated to lose if Dan had won. He didn't. <laughs> I mean, all I would say, all I would say is that Tebs has been on one hell of a roll recently. I think he started the season with two and two. Uh, Dan was uh, four and zero oh at one point, and so I have to say, Tebs, you rallied, mate. And uh, are you feeling confident about your bucks? Yeah, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> They've got the Falcons. It's the last week of the season. Uh, Tom Brady's still got stuff to play for because the one thing that we're not considering is the fact that it doesn't matter about the 49ers, it doesn't matter about the Eagles, it doesn't matter about anyone. Tom Brady will win the Super Bowl this year. Sure. Tom Brady will... No, you could say that, but you obviously... Have you watched football before? You don't understand. Your Brock Purdy is not anyone's main character, all right? Don't, don't bring Brock into this, no, right? He's not. <laughs> Do you guys have to understand? There is a main character to football. There is, and he's still here. Like he might just be a bit older. You ever seen Rocky Balboa? 
That's exactly he's gonna rocket Balboa us. That's all that's gonna happen here. Okay, just get it through your head that there is a main character. <laughs> there is. Yeah. We know that. No, fair enough. I um what what do no, sorry, no, I'm not gonna go down that road. Um I did, I thought about the Bucks. Sorry. <laughs> I did think about the Bucks. Um, but I was genuinely worried that they didn't have anything to play for. And when they have been had stuff to play for, because they've now they've locked up their division, and when they have throughout this season where they've had lots to play for, they've not played well. So I thought, you know what, if they've if they've not really got much to play for, I'm worried that they won't play well. Um, then I thought about their charges. They also don't have anything to play for, really. I don't think maybe some seeding, but let's be honest. What I, what if they decide to rest Eckler and um, Herbert? And do you know who does have something to play for? The Seahawks, and of course, they're the team that beat me in the locks last week. Um, so yeah, it, admittedly, it's not a very uh, brave pick from me because uh, this the Seahawks are six point six and a half um, point favorites over the Rams. But I just thought there's not many games to choose from this week because so many of them are bigger than six point five, uh, seven point five. So I'll take it. All I Seahawks for me. All I'd say, Ollie, is that you've you've not given much thought to the trifecta of the NFC shitness, where uh, basically the Seahawks always seem to lose to the Rams, the Rams always seem to lose to the 49ers, <laughs> and the 49ers always seem to lose to the uh, <laughs> to to the to the Seahawks. However, I guess this this year is different. It's a bit different. That's a, mate, that, that's a very good point. It is it is weird, but then Chris, or the only thing I'll point out is we have now we beat the Seahawks twice this year, so. Uh, I, I'm just going to say that if any year I, I'm going to disregard the trifecta of shitness, which I think is the way you put it, which is amazing, um, I have I have a bit more faith. Chris, who you right. did you lock? I mean, I've been left out this like, competition the whole time. So uh, we need yeah, to get like, did. <laughs> You're just the referee. Do you like the power? Independent adjudicators that I like. Does anybody want to speak about Dan's pick? Uh, yeah, I do because I, I wanted to pick the Jackie. Once again, I'm forced to do a backup pick because I had the Jaguars beating the Titans. Um, Tebs, you only have yourself to blame, mate. You just need to get in there nice and early, all right? Don't, Stop getting beaten. Well, then don't try and don't send me the messages while I'm asleep, then. <laughs> it's not our fault you sleep all day. Yeah, well, what can you do? Um, yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to beat the Titans. Um, Titans aren't looking particularly healthy. Uh, the Jaguars seem to are making like a very good late playoff push. Um, you know, they're probably going to win the division and I don't think that's going to be lost on the Jaguars. Good on Doug Peterson for whipping them into shape. Yeah, I agree. I think um, he's picked the game with the most riding on it or like one of the games that is literally was a winning in game and the Jaguars are the one in form. So I don't blame him for that at all. Um, the Titans are going in one direction and that is very much down and the Jaguars are going in another direction. And uh, they're going very much up. So I think that that's going to be another good game to watch. That one's on Saturday night, I believe. Um, so, yeah, do enjoy that one over the weekend. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Now, Tebs, it's time for me to hand over to you to do your thing. Send the listeners into the weekend and give them their well wishes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the NFL Vent Zone. You do have to bear with us this week just because... You know, we're not feeling prepared to complain about the NFL when there are bigger things than the NFL happening right now. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you enjoy 
your Thursday night games. This week, your Saturday night games, your Sunday night games, and hopefully your team makes the playoffs, unless you're the Jets. All the Patriots, both of you, grow up. But this has been the NFL Vent Zone. Join us back here next week. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye, and God bless. Good night. Good night. Podcast Network.